Welcome to the Cochrane Community Church Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us, and we look forward to how Jesus will impact your life through this message. See, at Cochrane Community Church, our mission is simple. We want to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know Him as Savior. And this means that we strive to be a loving, Christ-centered community of believers. We just want to say thank you so much again for taking the time to tune into this episode. And at this time, please sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode. Joy. That's what we're talking about today, right? Joy. Isaiah 40, 1 through 5 says this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low, and rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's our key passage for the Advent season, the Advent, what is that, the anticipation of a notable, of the arrival of a notable person or an event. And of course, that's our Savior, Jesus Christ which we celebrate his birthday one week from today. One week from today. Do you believe that? It's coming up. Glad to see you all here. Glad you're uh, watching online as uh, we continue today. Uh, Just a couple of uh, announcements for you. I need to give you a little bit of details. Next week is uh, Christmas Day, obviously. Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. And so many people hate that, don't they? It's like, oh, man, Christmas Day's on a Sunday. It's going to mess everything up, right? Don't lie. I know that's what you're thinking. And uh, so we're going to have our usual Christmas Eve service on Saturday at 7 p.m. And we will have child care for that from nursery to three years. Um, unless you want your two-year-old to play with fire when we light candles, you can do that if you want. So we will have our usual Christmas Eve service at 7 again um, um, next week. And I think you should have one of these in your worship folder. Let's see. Do you have one of these? It's an invite card. So I want to ask you, you ask yourself, who am I inviting do you know that like 90% of church growth and church, uh, church growth is attributed to inviting someone? Did you know that? It's not because they just drove by the church and they saw it and said, hey, let's stop in there. That happens. But it's like 90% is because you invited somebody to come. So if hopefully you have one of these. If you didn't get one in there, uh, we have them all over the church, in the lobby, all over everywhere. Grab some, take them, give them away, because uh, we're not going to let you off easy. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you right now of who you're going to give this to, who you're going to bring with you Christmas Eve. So I just uh, I believe in you're convicted. And uh, you take this, give it away. Um, hold it up. Who's got one? Hold them up. Come on. They're not in your worship folder? Oh, I'm sorry. Gosh, I was totally off base. 
Never mind. Let's, let's just forget all that. All right, so we have him on the table. I'm sorry, Linda told me we have him on the table. We have him out there. So grab one as you're going out. Uh, they didn't get here till late Friday afternoon. That's why they didn't make the worship folder, and I forgot that. So uh, we have him on the table as you leave. We have him uh, on the counter out there, all over everywhere. We have him at Confino, all the stores everywhere you could possibly go. So... Uh, you're going to get one of these, and you're going to give it away, okay? And then on the back is a little cool QR code that you can scan with your phone, or they can scan with their phone, which will take them to our website. And it gives them instructions, uh, directions, how to get here, service times, and all of that. I totally misunderstood Linda. But hey, you're invited. And then next Sunday. Yes, we are having church next Sunday. Some churches are, some, people, some churches aren't. It's Sunday. We're having church on Sunday. Um, Here's the thing, uh, we, will only, we will not have Bible classes for the next two weeks. We'll have them today, but we won't have them Christmas Day or New Year's Day. Christmas Day, we will only have child care, uh, birth through three years old. I hope you're getting all of this. And I am just fig- found out that New Year's Day, because the whole sunlight uh, uh, wing is being redone, we will not have any child care available at all on New Year's Day and no Bible classes, okay? So you're free to bring your infants with your kids wherever you want in here on New Year's Day. But Christmas Day, we will have church at 930 Um and it's going to be just an abbreviated service, just real simple, kind of a devotional thing. So if you choose to come on Christmas Eve and not Christmas Day or Christmas Day and not Christmas Eve, you know, that's totally on you. But we will have church as usual on Christmas Day. So I hope I've got all of that out and I hope I got it all correct. But Isaiah 40 is our uh, key verse for today. If we can look at that, moving on, because we've done one verse from my uh, Isaiah each day from the five verses of Isaiah. So could we put that up, Nick? There it is. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and rugged places of plain. I jump right into that. And we learned that John the Baptist would prepare the way, if you remember that, last week. And then our verse tells us uh, what's going to happen. And two things in my research told me that uh, uh, when we look at mountains and hills could represent the proud and the arrogant. And uh, the valleys could represent those of low class and low stature. And all unevenness then will be uh, uh, level. All unevenness and roughness of character must be made smooth. The mountains be made low and the valleys will be raised up even for everybody when the Messiah comes. And also it was tradition for if you were going to be traveling, if you were higher up and you were going to be traveling, you would send a team ahead of you to make sure that uh, the roads were clear and everything was going to be okay because traveling was not easy back in those days. And you can read about that in Isaiah 62.10. talks about that very thing. So we look at Advent, the anticipation, the arrival of a prominent person or event and that preparation is spoken of here 700 years before Jesus's birthday. And so, so far, right, we've talked about hope instead of despair, peace instead of anxiety, love instead of hate. And today is joy, as you might have guessed, instead of sadness. Joy. I remember talking about this very thing several years back because we have done Advent series before where we talk about love, joy, peace, and hope. And I remember talking to you and telling you that joy uh, in my life is evident when I walk in the door and my dog sees me, right? Penny goes nuts. She's like all excited and happy, jumps all over me. And now we have two dogs, Penny and Ellie, and you walk in the door and they go crazy. They're like, you're back and we can't, we can't believe you're back. We can't believe you're back. It's like, oh, I just went to the mailbox. I really wasn't gone that long. But isn't that how dogs are? You love that. Greatest expression of joy is, uh, is from a dog when you get home. I have a picture. Can we see the picture? 
Oh, hey, it's sideways. So let's see. There's no um, invite cards in your worship folder. Penny and Ellie's picture sideways. What's next? They're horizontal. Yeah, there they are. They say that if you show puppies and babies at a church service, somebody's going to get saved. All right, so that's why I just had to put that up there. Anyway, you have dogs, right? Handy, who has a dog? And they go crazy when you come home. And tell me you don't like that. That brings you joy too, doesn't it? It does. It brings you joy. And all of us can think of something that causes us to have joy. But joy is hard to articulate. I'm still telling you. could talk about it all day. It's still hard to articulate. Here's what the great research Google told us this about joy. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Makes sense. Simple enough. But what does joy mean to you? Where does your joy come from? Getting married, that was joyful for you, maybe, right? For most of us. Joy, the birth of a baby. Seeing that baby grow up and move out of the house. Joy, right? There's all kinds of sources of joy. Graduation, grandkids. Seeing someone you haven't seen in a while, like my dogs, Penny and Ellie. And, And would you say that you're a joyous person, Would others say that about you? And don't look at your spouse. Or are you grumpy? They're like grumpy all the time. (laughs) Don't look at the person next to you. You see, there's a difference between happiness and joy. And and, and that's why it's so hard to articulate, isn't it? And that's why I want to start with this, that that happiness is fleeting. It's an emotion. It's short-lived. Let's think of happiness. You may have heard of... uh, Viktor Frankl, former uh, Nazi prisoner, and he said this. He said, and I love this. Think about this. This is true. The pursuit of happiness thwarts happiness. Let that sink in. That's true. Because we can spend all of our time and our money and our effort pursuing happiness, but it's never enough. Because once you arrive at the object of your affection that you hope will satisfy your craving for happiness, you have to look for the next thing because it doesn't fulfill you. And it never will. That's how it goes. And unfortunately, joy can be the same way, but it doesn't have to be. Joy is different. Look at this, number one. Here's why. Joy is much deeper than happiness. We're going to get into this. Joy is an inner feeling. Turn to the book of 1 Peter, if you would. Where does your joy come from? Think about that, okay? Now, the apostle Peter is the same one that denied Jesus three times went on to be one of the preeminent founders of our faith, and we are sitting in here today because of the work that he did. He writes this letter to Christians who were scattered all over the place. They called them the diaspora. They were scattered all over Palestine uh, because the going started to get tough for people who were Christians, and uh, they had to flee, and they hid, and Stephen got stoned and killed, and it was all just a crazy time. And uh, he refers to them, Peter refers to them as exiles, which is more on the lines of strangers. I like that, and, and it's strangers... Because they're, they don't fit in. They're strangers because they don't fit in. I like that. Warren Wearsby said this, Christians are strange in the eye of the world. We have standards and values that are different from most, which gives the opportunity for witness or warfare. Strangers. 
And as we talk about just about every week when we get into the New Testament, these scattered believers or these strangers or these people that didn't fit in are going through all kinds of trials and suffering because they're weird from everybody else. They're weirdos. Everybody thinks they're weirdos. They're different. And Peter writes to them to tell them about hope, about joy, about faith. And we're going to join that conversation. So look at chapter one. We're going to start in verse three. After an introduction, Peter says hello. He identifies his audience. He says this. This is good. This is good. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance, underline that word, inheritance, that can never, underline that one too, perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Listen, who through faith, this is why, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, you're probably, maybe you're going, what? Okay, what's all this, what's he talking about, right? What? That's not that difficult. First of all, he wants to encourage them. We'll learn in a minute. He says, you know, hey, things are pretty tough for you right now. You're, you're strangers. You don't fit in. But, he says, but praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of this, because of this. Uh, in his mercy, He has given us new birth, okay? Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of this. He has given us new birth. What's that? Our sins are washed away. It's like washing a brand new, uh, just-born baby. Fresh. I always say fresh. but Fresh baby. Washing it. And... uh, as just like that. And his mercy has also given us a living hope. So we get new birth and we get living hope. What living hope, living, is hope with vitality. Alive. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And we talked about hope a few weeks back, which is what? Anticipation for what's to come. Look at a new birth. Praise be to God. Get a new birth. Living hope. That's hope with vitality. And then next we get what? Anticipation for what's to come. And then an inheritance. What is ours to receive that we can never lose? Eternity in heaven, maybe. How about that? And these things are not fleeting. You don't chase them. You don't chase them over and over. You don't get it and then go, that's not enough. I want more. I want to chase more. I'm going for more. That's not enough. And he says, praise be to God the Father because of this stuff. This is salvation that he's talking about. Living hope and an eternal inheritance that we can never lose. Why? Because God's nice. This is mercy. Mercy is nice. Just being nice. Not getting what you deserve. God, because of his mercy has given you a new birth, living hope, and an inheritance that can never perish. Because of his mercy, not getting what we deserve. Because he's nice. He loves us. Peter goes on. Verse 6. In all this, all the stuff I just said, 
in all this, you greatly, here it is, rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer in all kinds of trials. Stop there. Peter says what? In all this. In all this. All what? New birth. Being born again. Living vibrant hope. Anticipation for what's to come. This inheritance in heaven. In all this, you can greatly rejoice. What is rejoice? Rejoice is the act of being joyful. You see this here? It's the act of being joyful, Joyful, and that's our topic. He says, rejoice, be joyful, have joy. I know you're going through all kinds of stuff, and it's not any fun. Grief, trials, you name it. But don't forget what really matters, what can never be taken away from you. You are blessed beyond anything you can ever imagine. This must bring you everlasting joy. This, this knowledge. Number two, true joy is rooted in the knowledge of what God's mercy brings or what God's mercy gives, however you want to word that. Man, it's it's tough, isn't it? Joy is rooted in the truth and the knowledge of what is yours. Because of God's love, because he's nice, because he doesn't give us what we deserve. And if you get nothing else in your life but Jesus, you've got everything. But man, we can't see that because we're human. That's why joy is deeper than happiness. It's because it's inward. It's permanent. It doesn't go away unless you don't grasp it and don't let it or you let it go away. But you don't have to chase it or wait for the next thing. Here's what I thought. Think of this. We live our life focused on the here and now, focused on stuff and circumstances, and we miss what really matters. We miss it. I want stuff. I, I like stuff. I get all wound up when my circumstances aren't going the way that I think they should. Right? It's human nature, isn't it? At some point, you've got to be brought back to the place. We're only on this earth like this long compared to eternity. Actually, that's too much compared to eternity. Life is so fleeting. Have you ever suffered through a challenge because you knew the outcome would be rewarding? Go to school, go to college, get a degree. Yikes. Getting an education is tough, but the outcome's rewarding. It should be. Childbirth. Yikes. You suffer through that, right? Generally, the outcome's rewarding. <laughs> and then they move out. That's really rewarding, right? Come on, come on. Building something. You build a house. Oh, my word, I got to pick out the tile. I don't want to pick out the tile. There's too many decisions. Knobs. We got to pick out knobs for the bathroom. I get, I've, I've never done that, but I just can't even imagine that, right? But what is You get to move in someday, and it's yours, and it's beautiful. How about going on a vacation, a long car ride to get there? When I was uh, seven, maybe, we loaded up in our 1966 Red Ford Falcon station wagon. It was the bomb. 
literally, it was the bomb. Like, I think, you know, those things fell apart. But anyway, 1966 Ford Falcon station wagon. There's my mom and dad in the front seat, my brother and my two sisters in the middle seat, and then me, the youngest, all the way in the back. We called it the way back of the station wagon. You have a name for the way back of the station wagon? And guess what? This is 1966, and this 1966, or this was like 1967 or 68, but this 1966 Ford Falcon station wagon didn't have any air conditioning. And we went to Florida in July with all six of us in the car. Yeah, it was fun. And then uh, me being the little one, I'm in the way back. There's no air conditioning back there. You can't really roll that window down that whole trip because then everything's just a mess. So yeah, just think of what I suffered. Do you hear me? Can you tell I'm bitter? I suffered through that. But guess what? The first time I walked out on the beach at seven years old, whatever, however old I was, and I saw the ocean, I was changed forever. Forever. I can't get enough of it. The reward for that suffering car ride has affected me to this day. And Peter tells them that true joy is rooted in the knowledge of God's, of what God's mercy through Jesus Christ gives. And I think the older you get, you can ask my friend Bob Kroll, the more you understand that eternity is what's important. What's next is what's important. Look at this. Verse 7. These, the suffering, have come to you, have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than your faith is greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And we just read this earlier, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an, what is it? Inexpressible and glorious, what? Joy. Joy. What, what was it? Joy. You are very joyful there, gosh. Joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith. What is it? The salvation of your souls. The struggles of life. The trials that we go through. Test our faith. And author Warren Wearsby says that, that those who abandon their faith when the going gets tough prove that they really didn't have any faith at all. Ouch. That's why Peter is ref- re- referencing the refining process of gold. He says gold's valuable. But you still got to burn away the impurities. And he says your faith is more valuable than that. Burn off the stuff that doesn't matter. So keeping our joy, our hope, our faith, when we make it through the other side of a challenge, results in praise, glory, and honor, he says, especially when we see Jesus face to face. Though you don't see him, you believe. You've never seen him, you believe. I love what he says, inexpressible. You can't even joy, glorious joy. Because joy is deeper than happiness. It's rooted in the mercy of God. And this true joy defies our circumstances. Believing in and loving what you have not seen is how you get this. Peter says here, this is where joy comes from. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? The way that it's written in Greek here, 
implies a strong personal involvement in the act of believing and carries a sense of resting oneself in Christ. And here's why this is important. Listen, this. the contrast is clear, okay? Because earlier, Peter spoke of strong rejoicing in future hope. Here he says that our personal daily fellowship with Christ himself is cause for even greater rejoicing. Let me tell you why. Because the true Greek explanation of this implies a strong personal involvement in the act of believing and carries a sense of resting oneself in Christ. Inexpressible and glorious joy comes from that. Joy is much deeper than happiness. It's rooted in God's mercy, and it defies our circumstances. And the contrast is clear. Our personal daily fellowship with Jesus is cause for even greater rejoicing, inexpressible and glorious joy. See where this is going? Okay, so you're thinking, okay, John. Get up there and talk all about joy. How do we live in the daily reality of joy? In the practical sense. And here's what I'll submit to you. It's living connected to the vine as a fully devoted follower. Peter alludes to it there. He says, or it says, right? Though you have not seen him, you love him. And this implies a crazy devotion, a crazy devotion in the present. You see that in the present. Jesus says in John 15, look at this, a couple of verses there. I am the vine, you are the branches. I say this all the time. I share this with you all the time because it's just so important. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A few verses later, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's nothing to do with circumstances, does it? That's nothing to do with chasing stuff. We live with the eternal joy of our future hope. But Jesus makes this present tense, as Peter did, practical now. Jesus says, stay connected to me so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I'll suggest that. Daily practical joy, a life of evident joy, others need to see it in you, comes from your daily walk and your faith as a believer. Comes from your daily walk. Staying connected becomes real to you when you stay connected to the vine. Because you love him, though you cannot see him, and you believe in him, even though you've never seen him. This all just fits together. Number four, true joy experienced daily comes from staying connected to the vine. Back up to what Peter said. Start in verse three, read your way through. Verse 9, he tells you why you should have joy and why this should be real and why it should be practical to you. And Jesus makes it very clear right there, right? Staying connected to the vine, finding joy in your relationship with Jesus, finding joy in who you are because of the mercy of God. You know what that means? It's like uh, joy comes from forgiving others. 
praying for others. Fellowship with believers like this, coming to church, serving, sacrificing your time, your talents, and your treasures, tithing and giving, worship like we do here, the study of God's word. All of these bring joy. Keep you connected to the vine where we're told right there that Jesus' joy is made alive in us and made real in us. And you see, joy is, a, is, is like peace. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's available if you're a follower of Jesus. What is there in your life where you're like, I can't take it anymore. I wonder what God's doing here. Is he doing anything? I wonder where he is. And maybe you find yourself in here listening, at home listening, depressed, unhappy. And you say, what joy. My life stinks. Maybe you're tired of being thought of as a, a weirdo Christian by your friends and your family and your coworkers, a stranger. This is hard to understand. It's hard to understand, I know, and I said it earlier that defining joy is hard to articulate because we focus so much on the present, don't we? True inner joy is not driven by circumstances. It must come from who God is and what he's done for you and what he's doing for you and what he's going to do for you in the future. And if you have nothing else, you have Jesus. And our connectedness to Jesus then manifests joy in our lives every day. I said this earlier, I'm going to say it again. We can spend all our time and money and effort pursuing happiness, but it's never enough. Because once you arrive at the object of your affection that you hope will satisfy your craving for happiness, you got to look for the next thing. Because it doesn't fulfill you, and it never will. But it doesn't have to be that way. Say this with me. I choose joy. Say it. I choose joy. Let's say that again. I choose joy. One more time. I choose joy. I choose joy. David said, right after he got busted for having an affair with Bathsheba, he said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's our prayer right there. If you don't feel joy right now in your life, if you're struggling with it, if you don't understand this, I know it's hard to to articulate it, I know. Here's your prayer. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. May that be your prayer. Joy comes from God's mercy. It comes from staying connected to the vine. Not from our circumstances. That's where joy comes from. I choose joy. Let's pray. I think sometimes it's easy to stand up here and say stuff like this, Lord. 
We should be doing this. We should be doing that. Lord, your, your word makes it very clear that true joy doesn't come from anything earthly. It comes from the knowledge of what our Savior Jesus Christ has done for us and what all that includes. Man, washed. New birth. The forgiveness of sins. Eternal life in heaven. A daily walk with you on this earth while we're alive. That's where joy comes from, that knowledge. Lord, help us to own that. Help us to own that. May our prayer be, restore to me the joy of your salvation, especially those, Lord, that are not feeling very joyous right now in this time of year. Joy does not come from circumstances, Lord. Help us to own that. And maybe there's somebody in here today or watching online that that doesn't know the joy of having Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, may today be the day that that they turn their life over to him. and They ask for that joy. They ask for the forgiveness of of their sins. May today be the day. And I pray that joy just radiates out of every single one of us believers, everybody that follows you, that joy just radiates out into the world. And they might think we're strange, strange, Lord, because of it. But you know what? We want them to want what we have if we're believers. So may we be joyous this season. May we remember why we have joy. It's about you. It's about you. I give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, we want to make sure that we talk to you about that before you go home or Leave us a message on Facebook. Connect with your moderator there. Let's get that taken care of. Why don't you stand as we sing? We hope you found this week's episode relevant and encouraging. We just want to say thanks so much for taking time to listen. And if you'd like, please feel free to share it with a family member or a friend. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like more information about Cochran Community Church, go online and visit ccubchurch.org. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we would love for you to join us back here next week as we continue to see what it looks like to live a countercultural lifestyle for God. And from all of us here at Cochrane Community Church, we just want to say that we pray that God blesses your faithfulness. We'll see you back here next week.